This is an interview with Peter Tagren of Hypocrisy on Wednesday, October 6th, 2021 by Nick Brickell. Now, Peter, can you tell me about getting your first drum set? Ooh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of started off, I wanted an electric guitar. <laughs> this was like when I was six or seven years old. I got acoustic guitar. I was not happy with it. So uh, uh, I guess I had to go to these um, uh, afternoons uh, kind of practice with these, this tutor. You know, we're a bunch of acoustic guitar players sitting around in the circle kind of thing, you know. And I just didn't like it. I went once and I never went back. So mom and dad was pissed. Oh, we bought you an acoustic guitar and you don't do blah, blah, blah. I want to play drums, you know. No, you can't play drums. So actually, I got a new school teacher when I started third grade or something like that. And she was a drummer, actually, as well. So she brought her drums like once or twice a week to the school. So I was sitting and banging them while they were while we were singing and playing in the, in the class. I mean, my class was pretty musical. You know, there was a lot of people. Some people were playing accordion, violin, clarinets, uh, you name it, all kinds of shit, you know. So we kind of, you know, my, my teacher was more like, she was really burning for, for this, um, for music, you know, so soon she, she got us all it was like an orchestra you know by most of the the kids in the class you know if you didn't know how to play then you got a tambourine or something or they tried to teach people you know so it was that's how i started with drums and then i always was screaming for drums at home and they said no 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 you're just gonna play once and then you're gonna just not do it so uh i guess mom and dad came to the school and saw us we had something for our class i don't know and we played and stuff and they saw me playing drums and they were like holy shit it wasn't too far to christmas so at christmas i got my first drum set i think i was eight nine or something like that and that's how we started and then of course you know i didn't want to take any lessons or anything but i convinced uh, i got convinced to do that and you know how lessons was in those days it was a sneer and there was uh, you know, notes. And that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a drummer. I wanted to be a rock star, you know? <laughs> and uh, so it was kind of a, a bummer, but still I had the drums. So I was just playing to music in my headphones with the drums all day long anyhow. So that was the only tutoring I got, you know, to sit and, and hit the snare, you know, by notes, you know, like when, when you do uh, this parade shit, you know, with snares and shit. I did that for a half a year or a year, and then I just said, fuck it. Because it was during the school, so I could get away from schoolwork for a, for an hour. So that was more important than just to learn to play. Because I, I never practiced the notes and shit like that. So next time I came back, I still didn't know what to do. So it was like that every time. Now, your album has a lot of songs that have something to say, like, say, Chemical Horror and Dead World. What would you say the zeitgeist is of the world we live in today? Uh, I would just give a good advice to everybody. Don't believe everything you see or hear from anybody. doesn't matter what it is, unfortunately, you know, because uh, there's always a backside to everything. I mean, I'm not talking about your friends or your family now, but I'm just talking about what you see on, on TV or, or, or whatever on the net. 
that's all I can say about that because I don't believe a shit about anything. I mean, just see, I, I wrote this, this lyrics I wrote between 2018 and 2019. And uh, two days ago, I mean, if you listen to Greedy Bastard and then you see two days ago about this fucking Panama shit, you know, the Pandora's box. And boom, I told you. <laughs> There's a lot of things that's kind of scary then, you know. But, you know, this is things, you know, I, I try to research things. I, I don't tend to believe the first thing I see. So sight guys are nice, not sight guys. I mean, for me, it's a hobby to, to dig in things, you know, to do research about certain things that, that makes me tick, kind of. When did you guys start to seriously write for Warship and how long has it been in the works for? Uh, like I said, I, I started 2018 because... Uh, 2017, me and my son, we started to do this father and son project and we did like 10, 11 songs in the studio in demo form, you know, he was banging the shit out of the drums. We were sitting together writing riffs. He wrote his own songs and, you know, so when we were done with 10, 11 songs, we said like, uh, should we, should we do this in the proper way now? And put some lyrics on there and shit. And then we just decided, nah, fuck it. So that kind of gave me a bloody tooth to, to come back to uh, do some more brutal metal shit, you know? So uh, 2018 and 19, that's, you know, in and out from tours left and right. And I was doing the Lindemann album at the same time a little bit. So I was back and forth. So, uh, you know, it didn't take two years to write this album. You know, that's the wrong way to see it. It's just like, it's been back and forth on it. You know, coming home from a tour, you start writing a song and listen to it and, and fixing it around and then back out on the tour and then back again and listen to the song changing and do another song. And then all suddenly I had to jump back on Lindemann album on the pro production. So I had to figure that shit out. And so it, it was a lot of back and forth. You know, so end of 2019, I was done with the whole album and it was only mixing left. But then I had a long tour with Lindemann in the beginning of 2000, which ended up canceling the three last shows in, in, in March because of the COVID. So I went home after that and I laid on my couch for half a year because I didn't see any. It didn't make sense to rush anything anymore. So after the half a year of break, just watching TV, eating, getting fat. Then I started to mix the album. Now, how often are practice sessions for hypocrisy right now? If we, how often we practice? Yeah. <laughs> Never, unfortunately. Uh, we we usually practice before we go on a tour, you know. Um, but other than that, no, because it's the way the way I write. The music and stuff i usually for example put a drum machine on there i i go really into details on the drum machine you know with fills and stuff like that and i send it to horg so he can practice at home and then he comes in for four days in the studio and then he's done with the thing you know and the rest i do now what was a more fun video to shoot chemical horror or dead world well dead world i wasn't there so chemical horror was much more fun and we did that in st petersburg in 2019 September it was actually yeah two years ago so it's been laying around for a long time you know wow what, what's fun to do in St. Petersburg oh it's a beautiful city man it's really nice you can do anything you want it's really cool city 
and it's fairly cheap and people are nice. It's really cool. What were you doing or what was the inspiration for the lyrics of Chemical Whore? Basically the pharmaceutical industry, <laughs> I would say. But, you know, I've seen a lot of friends go down on pills and shit. And, uh, you know, mainly the benzo pills. That's really addictive. And uh, so I figured I, I need to write something about it. Personally, my favorite track was Gods of the Underworld. Tell me how that track came together. I think it starts off with one of the riffs Horg wrote. He wrote two riffs for this album. And the intro riff he actually wrote. And then I just... After I heard him, you know, uh, playing me a demo that he did with the, this riff, after that, I, I just kind of knew how it's the whole song was going to end up. So uh, I got inspired by his first riffing, and, and I finished the, the song. And the uh, the lyrics is actually about um, more or less like an ancient civilization that went underground in Earth. Uh, because, you know, Earth is pretty, pretty vast, you know, it's big. And the Earth has a lot of honeycombs, like uh, caverns, where you can hide in case of c catastrophe and shit, you know. And uh, in my story, it's about this ancient, or actually the ones that maybe uh, is the owner of the Earth. I mean, I, I just see a, a human being says, uh, just planted here. You know, so it's about them in a short run. What song was the most satisfying for you to record? I don't know. There is no satisfying going like, you know, with the click track and shit, you know. I mean, like I said, we don't really do it like normal bands does. You know, uh, I do all my guitars and bass and, and keyboards and blah, 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 you know. And then Horg put his drums on there. And so there is not really any... I mean, it's a satisfaction to see how a song grow when you make it, you know. Uh, when you start putting layers of melodies on top of it, maybe put some, some, uh, some keyboards in the uh, background and shit like that. And you see how it grows out and that, you know that you feel like, wow, this is this is getting really good. That's satisfying. Can you tell me a bit about the history of your recording studio, The Abyss? Uh, yeah, it actually started off on the first album because a friend of mine, it actually, it's, 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 a, it's a long story, but I'll, I'll try to make it as short as possible. A friend of mine, he bought a studio while I was in America and a music store and a PA company, all in one. And when I got back home with all my ideas to, to make an album, you know, to, to, uh, to write a bunch of, of death metal songs and shit, because I had so many riffs in my head, it was insane. Uh, I found out that he owned the studio. So I went there to uh, do my own stuff by myself, drums, bass, blah, blah, blah. You can hear it on the two first demos that's on... Um, I think it was on uh, 10 Years of Chaos and Confusion. I think it sounds horrible, but never mind. <laughs> and so he let me use my studio, uh, his studio as, as I wanted if I ha uh, helped him to record local bands, you know, demos and shit like that. So we'd, we'd become even Steven. On, I work for him and I can use some time. 
no, 2000, I always forget, 1994, we booked the studio in Stockholm for Fourth Dimension because we said like, hey, let's spend some money because now we have a record company that can really do that. So we went to Stockholm and at the same time, I bought the studio from the guy that I borrowed because he was closing down everything. So as my studio was kind of getting built, we were in Stockholm recording Fourth Dimension. That's actually how it started. And after that, I came back home, you know, listening to Fourth Dimension. I was crushed. I hated the production and everything. So that's why I never go anywhere else. So after 94, I stuck to Abyss Studio. And of course, you know, some bands been through here as well. So it's been fairly good, I would say. You've been involved in producing and mixing most of Hypocrisy's albums since the beginning. What is the best thing about that, and what is the hardest thing about doing that? Oh, it's uh, the worst thing is everything lands on your shoulders. You know, when you are a musician, songwriter, producer, and then a mixer, that's a lot of shit to take care of. But that's the way I do it nowadays because I don't trust anybody else to do it with hypocrisy. So it's. It's hard. It's tough. You know, many times you go, is this good enough? Or is this instrument loud enough? Or, you know, you start doubting yourself all the time. So it's really hard to be focused because in the beginning you might start like, I want this album to sound like this album. And then you kind of run off in your own way and then you can never find it back again. And so it's, it's really tricky. The best part is I can do it till I puke you know, trying to get the best sound out of it. What were your favorite memories from recording a, the uh, Possessed album in 2019? Oh, it was great to go to L.A. and hang with the guys. And, uh, yeah, we were just, I tried to push them to be as good as possible musicians as, as I could, you know. And I really wanted to, to slide it even more 80s in the, in the end of the mixing, but the guys wanted to have it a little bit you know more in the touch of today so we kind of met in the middle i would say but it was a great honor you know to have these guys call me up and ask me if i could do it it was it, it was a great fucking time and a great fucking album and great guys what are your most cherished albums in your music collection from sweden how do you mean that i produced or something um no i guess um probably just like different albums like um from different bands like not like your stuff but just like i'm just trying to think of like you as like a music fan right now that's that's a good question i would say abba blew everybody's mind and still does with their productions and and songs Uh, i think that's the easiest for you to to know who it is (laughs) if that's what you're talking about you're talking about bands from sweden or yes yeah i would say abba Wow. I mean, the produ- production on their albums in the 70s is still good if you listen to, the, to them on the radio. It's, they fucking knew what they were doing. And if they didn't have the tools, they let people build it for them so they could use it in the studio, like compressors and things like that. So it was really unique, I think. And all, uh, the songs, I mean, there's not so many bad ABBA songs if you listen to a whole album through, you know? Favorite ghost story or urban legend from growing up in Sweden? 
Favorite ghost story? I don't know where I live. They always said it was haunted, this place. Uh, I never, I, I, I grew up like two miles from, from where I live today in a, in a village, you know. And there was always, you know, talk about ghosts in this village where I live right now. And you can ask bands who recorded here and uh, also um, s- slept here in the, in, the, in the buildings. And they were freaking out. I, know, I remember Marduk was waking up in the middle of the night seeing some weird shit. So next time they took a hotel instead. So uh, that's a good story, I would tell you. Okay. Would you like to go back to any questions? No, I don't know. Anything you need to know? I guess some um, final words then. I hope people enjoy the new album and uh, keep your eyes open and stay safe. And I'll see everybody next year in North, North American tour. Thank you. This has been an interview with Peter Tagren of Hypocrisy on Wednesday, October 6th, 2021 by Nick Perkins.